Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Good. Wow. It's good to see all of you this morning. It's great, great, great crowd this morning. To have your Bibles, find John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Going to be looking at a new series today, but first of all, I know you've already recognized it, but I am so, so glad to have our new youth pastor on the field, uh, Dylan and Katie and Barry Honeycutt arrived this past Tuesday, as you heard, and we are so, so glad that they are here. And you know, we're grateful that uh, it's, it's one week shy, I don't know if you realize it or not, but it's one week shy of all of our churches all across America shutting down a year ago. It was on the Sunday, March the 15th, that all of our churches shut down. So just one week shy of that, our new youth pastor arrives on the field. We're, we're excited about that. We're excited that we've been open full time since June and all of our major ministries have been going on since October. We are blessed and we are grateful that we've been able to do all of that because a lot of churches still shut down. Some of them just now opening up, but, but we've been blessed and we are grateful. And so we're looking forward to the, the ministry that uh, Dylan is going to continue to build with our students. Uh, in these weeks, months, and years moving ahead. It's going to be one of the best, I promise you, in the whole county. It's going to be awesome. So Dylan, Katie, glad that y'all are here. Looking forward to it. Hey, we're excited that you have joined us again, like I said, in person, whether you're watching online, uh, particularly if you're watching online or listening to the podcast, you know, next week is the one-year anniversary when we shut down. So next week would be a great anniversary for you to come back. Okay, And so that'd be a perfect time for you to say, you know what, it's been a year. I'm going to come back on the one-year anniversary. So next Sunday, we invite you to come back. There's plenty of room. We got this covered. God's got it in control, and we're going to be all right, all right? So uh, glad that you've joined us, though, and we're thankful for the opportunity, like I say, to to be able to minister full-time. And we're excited that you're here as we begin our new series called Fool, Failure, and Followers, okay? And so uh, over these next five weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some different Bible characters, some different people in the Bible, and uh, how they kind of interacted and the part that they played in leading up to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we see, some of them were fools. Some of them became failures, but almost all of them became great followers of Jesus Christ, and they spent the rest of their entire lives proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ as they lived out their life. And so our goal in this series is not to learn just about these people because we know a lot about them already, but we don't want to just learn about them. We want to learn from them, right? We want to learn how that we can avoid making some of the most uh, crazy, foolish choices that humanity's ever made and so that we can become the kind of follower that Jesus really wants us to be, that lifelong follower who proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. So today's message is entitled Judas the Fool. Judas the Fool. You know, um, he's been called a lot of names and most all of them are negative, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, the Bible story kind of tells it all and it kind of gives us an idea of who this guy was, but we know that he was a cheat. He was a liar. He was a Baptist. No, I just threw that one in. I just seen if you were listening. But, but he was a cheat and he was a liar. He might have been Baptist. Who knows? But uh, he, he, his, his greatest thing that he was known for, though, was betraying Christ. Uh, and uh, that betrayal would lead 
to his crucifixion. And so um, we also see, and we're going to see, if you didn't know it already, he was a fool. And it's somebody that you don't want to really pattern your life after. I mean, think about it just for a minute, and I'd be interested to know, have any of you ever seen a church named Judas Baptist Church? Anybody? Judas Baptist Church? Now, don't raise your hand, but if you know some churches, it might ought to change their name to Judas Baptist Church, right? Okay. All right. No, no, we wouldn't go there. But we, we don't know. It's not a very popular name, right? I mean, parents, they name their kids after people in the Bible, right? Matthew and Daniel and James and John and Luke and Levi. And then you got, all, you know, the girls' names. You got Mary and Martha and you got Elizabeth out there. And so, you know, names uh, are, are kind of important, uh, but you, you'll, you'll rarely find a kid by the name of Judas, right? I mean, I know there was one named Judas Priest, but uh, he wasn't a priest and he wasn't really a great guy. Uh, and so once again, you just don't name your kid Judas, you know, because of what we're going to find out here in a, more, in a minute. But, but names are kind of important for good and bad reasons. Matter of fact, you might have heard the story of the husband and wife who were awakened suddenly in the middle of the night in their bedroom by an intruder. And when the intruder realized that he was known and his face had been seen, he said to the husband and wife, he said, well, now that you've seen my face, I'm going to have to kill you. And so with that, he took the gun and he pointed it at the wife. He said, but I like to know the names of the people that I'm going to kill. So, ma'am, could you tell me what your name is? And she said, well, my name is Elizabeth. He put his gun down and says, oh, man, I, said, I can't go through with this. He says, my mom's name was Elizabeth. And so he recomposed himself a little bit and pointed the gun at the husband. He said, and what's your name, sir? He said, well, my name is Joe, but all my friends call me Elizabeth. <laughs> right? Now, what you didn't know is my wife, Amanda, her real name, her, her real middle name is Elizabeth. So I hope we don't ever have to use that one, honey. But if we do, just remember, go by Elizabeth, okay? Use Elizabeth in that one. All right. So names can be important. As we move forward, they're going to be even more important for us because I want you one of these you are. And so to begin our series, we need to define each of these because there's a lot of definitions for each one. But I think I found a few that we can work with uh, as we move forward, as we think about which one you might be. So let's define fool, first of all. What is a fool? It's someone who acts unwisely or someone who knows right from wrong, but chooses to do wrong anyway. Now that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Acts unwisely, knows right from wrong, but chooses wrong anyway. Now, what's a failure? Uh, you know, there could be a million of these definitions, but for our purposes, we're going to say it's someone who lacks success or it's non-performance of something expected. For example, if we were playing pitch and I were to throw you the ball and you were to miss it or drop it, that would be non-performance of something expected. I expected you to catch the ball, and if you didn't, then you failed, all right? You were a failure, all right? Now, as we move forward, uh, it's going to become much more important, this definition, than just missing the baseball, though, as you define yourself as to whether you're a failure when it comes to living for God or not. All right, so what is a follower? How do we define a follower? Well, that's devoted to a particular person, cause, or activity. And so for us, it would be a person devoted to Jesus Christ, the cause of Christianity, and then all the activities that surround a person who claims to be a Christian and promotes Christianity. But today, we're going to look at Judas the fool in John chapter 13. Judas, the fool, because he acted unwisely. And even though he knew right from wrong, he chose to do wrong. Let's look at it together in chapter 13, verses 1 
and 2 of John. John chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It says, but before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. Now, we know the rest of the story here, so we, we're privy to what he's talking about here. What he's talking about is that time when he would be nailed to the cross, he would die on the cross for uh, the sin of mankind, he would be buried in the tomb for three days, and then he would rise again. So that's what he's referring to here. It says, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And so then in the following verses going along, we're not going to read all of them, but Jesus goes into the foot washing ceremony, okay? And he washes the feet of the disciples to show what it means to be a servant, for the greater to become the lesser. And while he's washing the feet of all these disciples, he says, one of you will betray me. And let's pick it up in verse 21. Now Jesus was deeply troubled by this, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next, you know, giving him that look. Verse 25, so that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? So it's kind of like a whisper. He leaned over and kind of whispered it to him. Verse 26, Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And he didn't say it out loud. He's kind of whispering back because he knew this was causing the insurrection. Peter, you know how he was. He'd go ballistic, all right? And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. That's how we know this kind of was a little bit of a private conversation in public. All right. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once going out into the night. So we see Judas, uh, Jesus here predicting that Judas is going to be the betrayer, that he's going to act foolishly. And so in, in the Bible, the word fool or acting foolishly appears 258 times in the New Living Translation, which is the one that I prefer to use. But even in the King James, it appears 189 times and 218 times in the New American Standard Version. So no matter what version you prefer to use, the word fool or acting foolishly occurs a lot of times in the Bible and the Bible talks a lot about it. But nowhere in the Bible can you find that the word fool is used to describe Judas, all right? The Bible does not call Judas a fool, but I'm calling him a fool today. I'm using that term because it best describes for me his actions. Because in Psalm 14 verse 1, Psalm 14 verse 1, and then again in Psalm 53 verse 1, the psalmist David uses the exact same words, the exact same phrase to biblically define what a fool is. And he says it this way in those two verses. He said, only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. There is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. And so Judas checks off every box of the definition of a fool. He was corrupt and a thief. His, his actions were evil. He behaved very badly. And he ultimately said with his final decision, there is no God. But I don't want you to get the wrong idea here. J Judas was not a failure. He was not a failure. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. He was a great success at being an imposter. 
He was a great success at being a fraud and a fool, according to our definition, in that he acted unwisely and he knew right from wrong, but he chose to do wrong anyway. And then his most foolish decision in that he rejected God. Judas checked all those boxes. But you know, other than committing this well-known betrayal, we don't know very much, but we can learn from Judas and then some other things we can kind of deduct from common reasoning, right? All right, so the first thing that we learn about Judas is that he indeed was a disciple of Jesus. A lot of people think because he betrayed Jesus, he never was really a true disciple, okay? But if you go by the true sense of what it means, a disciple, he was a disciple in that he was a learner. He was a follower. The books of Matthew, Luke, Mark, they all record him as being called to be one of the 12 disciples. And so we know for three years that Judas actually hung out with Jesus and followed him around. And there's no record whatsoever in the Bible that he was mistreated by any of the disciples and that he was an outcast. Matter of fact, there are several other times when we see some of the other disciples, they're having some misunderstandings with one another about who's the greatest. They're kind of scrapping it up a little bit around the campfire, you know, and, and they're, they're having their little feuds and things going on. But nowhere do you see anything about Judas, uh, you know, being treated in the wrong way or any, any kind of thing like that. Uh, you don't see the other 11 sitting around the campfire putting Judas kind of out in the cold somewhere by himself. That doesn't happen. So the first thing we learn about Judas the fool is he was a disciple. But we also learn that familiarity does not mean he was a follower. Familiarity does not mean he was a true follower. It doesn't mean he was faithful. Familiarity does not mean faithfulness. It does not mean that. Learning does not mean believing. See, Judas had hung out with Jesus and all these 12 disciples for these three years. He had been a part of all the great things going on, but learning all those things and learning from Jesus didn't make him a believer in Jesus. And so now right off the bat, I've got to ask you a very, very important question this morning. Is it possible? Is it possible that you are a disciple, but not a believer. Is it possible this morning that you're a disciple, but not a believer? That was the case with Judas. Second thing we learned about Judas was not only was he a disciple, but he was one of the most trusted disciples. He was one of the most trusted ones. Not, not only was he one of the good old boys, but he was in charge of the money. He had been made treasurer for the group, which meant they all trusted him. And by all appearances, uh, he was a pretty upstanding guy. We don't really know about him kind of stealing from the stash until kind of later on. They, they didn't know about this. For years, he had participated with all the disciples with Jesus and healing people and uh, you know praying for the sick and, and ministering to all these needs that were going on. He, he was doing all that. Matter of fact, when Jesus asked the whole group in the passage that we read, when he said, there's one of you that's going to betray me, all 11 heads didn't all turn at once and look at Judas, did they? That, that didn't happen. Matter of fact, they all started asking a question of themselves that you must ask of yourself today, and that is this. Is it possible that I am a trusted believer or am I just an imposter and one who is pretending. Am I a true believer or am I an imposter and a pretender? Third thing that we learn Jesus loved all of the disciples, and that included Judas. 
Jesus loved all the disciples, including Jesus. Back in John chapter 6, before the passage that we read in 13 today, we see in verse 70 of John chapter 6 that Jesus himself said, I chose the 12 of you, and one of you is a devil. I chose the 12 of you, but one of you is a devil. Now, how would you like that? If I come through, I said, I'm going to pick you and you. Now, one way that he loved all the disciples in verse 1 until the very end, and that he loved them all. But you know what? If you go back to the communion that Jesus had with these disciples, he served communion to everybody, all 12 of them. He served communion to all 12 of them one time. But only one disciple did he serve communion to a second time. And that was Judas and Judas only when he dipped the bread in the sop representing the blood and then offered it to Judas. And so this was Judas's chance. It was his chance to choose right, to choose God. But remember, Satan had already planted in Judas's heart to betray Jesus. And so Judas had been feeding that. And once you feed something that the devil plants in your heart, sooner or later, you will act on it. And so when it came that one final chance to accept God, Judas rejected God by taking the bread. And he left and he walked away from God in the flesh to sell him out for the equivalent of about a couple or three months wages. And once Judas made that final choice, Satan came in in full force, the Bible says, and chose to use him from that point on to begin what he thought would be the end of Christianity. But what we know in reality, it actually set God's perfect plan of salvation in motion in that he would be killed on the cross. He'd be buried in the tomb, but then that he would rise again on the third day. Because, see, in order to have a resurrection, you have to have a death, right? And so Jesus sent the fool, Judas, who had made his final foolish choice to reject God to go do what he had set his mind to do. And so that brings us to another question that each of us have to ask ourselves today, whether we're sitting here watching by television or listening through the podcast, and that is this. Do you realize, do you realize just how much Jesus loves you today? Knowing how much you're going to fail him with your commitment. Think about it. We just came off of a series called Grace, right? And how God loves us even though we don't deserve it. But think about it. Do you realize how much Jesus loves you knowing that you're going to fall short of your commitment to him? And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad Jesus loved all the disciples, including Judas, because that means he can love me too and you. You know, there's a lot we could dive into, right, about Jesus, because, I mean, it's, it's quite the amazing story. It's one of the most doctrinally diverse that you'll come across in the Bible. A lot of things we could go into, like, you know, the, the reasons why that Judas, after three years, wouldn't become a believer, that he wouldn't follow to go through all that. We don't have time to do that today. So why he did that, we, we don't have time to get into. And then we could talk about why would Jesus wash the feet of a fool, and why did he didn't just make him an example right there in front of all the other disciples? We could talk about why he didn't do that. We could talk about, you know, why Jesus uh, knowingly picked a fool to be a disciple to begin with. I mean, why would he do that, knowing that he's going to be betrayed by him? But, but see, the important question today for us is not the why. It's the what. 
Okay, it's not so much the wise, it's the what. What did it mean for Judas to make the foolish decision that he made? What did that mean? Well, what it meant was he became a fool. He became a fool. That decision meant not only would he be a failure for God, but he would never be a follower of God. And that's how I want us to close today was the, is this final thing that we learn about Judas. And that was Judas was a fool because he refused salvation. He's a fool because he refused salvation. See, Judas did what all fools do when they realize they've made a foolish decision. They go out and they try to fix their blunder, right? They try to fix their poor choice. And that's exactly what Judas did. He realized he made a foolish choice. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 27, verse 4, he confesses to it. He says, I have sinned and I have betrayed an innocent man. So he knew that his choice was unwise. He knew that it was foolish. And while some might believe that the possibility of Judas receiving forgiveness is unthinkable, I want you to hear the words of Jesus. To the one who was betrayed by Judas, to those who would nail him to a cross in just a few days, in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of the Jesus who died on the cross for all of us. It says this in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really slow, being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. See, that's the heart of our Jesus. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He doesn't want anyone to choose to be a fool, but yet he wants everyone to be saved. Like the grace that we talked about, God's forgiveness isn't based on our behavior. No, because see, Judas's behavior would say that he didn't need to be saved, right? It would be impossible for him to be saved, but we're not saved according to our behavior. We're, we're saved according to God's grace, and it's based on our willingness to repent and to receive the salvation that Jesus offered through his, wasn't his behavior. He, he knew what was right and good, but he chose wrong and to do evil. And ultimately, what it really came down to was he said, there is no God here for me because I am my own God. So it goes all the way back to the beginning. It's like Satan said in the beginning. Judas says, there is no God here for me because I am my own God. And instead of turning to Jesus who could have saved him, he turned to those to whom he had betrayed Jesus and he tried to give back the money, but they wouldn't take it because, see, the, the, the plan of salvation had already been set in motion. It was too late to turn back now. And I do believe Judas had regret. I believe he had regret. regret. He felt bad that he had done what he had done but he missed the opportunity, and don't miss this, he missed the opportunity for salvation and for peace when he betrayed the Prince of Peace. And once he had done that and there was no peace to be found, Judas literally came to the end of his own rope and he went out and he hung himself. And so the final question that we must ask this morning is a very important one. Is it too late for me to be saved? 
Those of you watching by television or listening to the podcast, is it too late for me to be saved? And the answer to that is no. And the reason why it's not too late is you're still alive. You're still listening. You're still here. You have heard this morning that God is patiently waiting on you to turn from your ways to his ways and to turn to the salvation that he offers. He wants everyone to be saved. And the good news, folks, today is that means you. It doesn't matter how bad of a person you've been. Can you not see that? I mean, look at Jesus. Did you betray Jesus? Maybe in your actions you have. But it doesn't matter because you can still choose the salvation that Jesus offered. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he was buried in the tomb. That's why he rose again on the third day so that everyone who chooses to repent of their sin could be saved when you refuse to continue your own way and you choose to go God's way. That is what it takes to get salvation. So here's the takeaway today. The life of Judas Iscariot is a great, great tragedy. And the reason why is because of this. It shows what happens when a person can expose themselves to the truth day after day after day. And they know what the truth is. They see the truth but then they never embrace it. They never use the truth. They never obey the truth. They simply refuse the truth. You see, an appearance does not equate to an application. An appearance does not equate to an application. What do I mean by that? I mean, doing the church thing just does not make you a believer in and of itself. Doing the church thing does not make you a believer, but believers do the church thing, okay? And the alternative of that makes you appear to be a traitor. See that? So like Judas, we have the choice to either sell out today or to be sold out. The fool sells out. Don't be a fool. Be sold out to Jesus who loves you and is patiently waiting on you to turn to him. Let's have a word of prayer. All our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. There may be some of you watching by television today or listening to this podcast, or there may be one in this room today who you up to this point have made some very foolish decisions in your life. The greatest being that you have rejected the offer of salvation that Jesus offers you. So I want to encourage you today to sell out to Jesus. Don't be a sellout to the world or to yourself. Don't become a fool and say there is no God for me. But choose Jesus this morning by simply asking him to come into your heart to save you of your sins. Commit your life to Him. Give it all over to Him. Father, today that's our prayer. We thank You for Your Word that teaches us how to move from being a fool and a failure to being a follower of You. And that's our prayer today is that we would all become followers of the Lord Jesus who died on the cross, was buried and rose again on the third day. Father, thank you that salvation is offered to us all. And, and Father, maybe there's one here that, that 
we used to pray for all the time and we used to witness to all the time and maybe we just got to the point where we thought they were so foolish and it failed so much that there was just no hope. But Father, maybe we need to start praying again. Maybe we need to start witnessing to that person again because there is hope. If they're still alive, you're patiently waiting on them to turn to you. But I pray that they'll do so before it is too late. May we all be the follower that you've called us to be. It's in the name of Jesus we ask it. All God's people said. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.